one. Boom. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking about partner marketing today. What is that? How do you turn it into a business? How do you make money off that? That's what we're going to find out. Let's get this one going. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Bros. Business Bros, are you ready to dive into the world of capacity building, high performance, and leadership excellence? Our guest today is a serial entrepreneur, best-selling author, and founder of Acceleration Partners, a global partner marketing agency. He's known for his passion for helping individuals and organizations reach new heights. He's, uh, with a remarkable track record of success, he's here to share his insights and expertise. So without further ado, let's welcome to the show, Mr. Robert Glazer. <laughs> Robert, welcome to the program, man. All right, thanks for having me. I had to cut my volume off guard there. I had to uh, uh, turn it down a little bit on <laughs> on that video. What's wrong, man? The party's getting too crazy for you already. We're just getting started, it, 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 man. It was, it was all good. I'm 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 used to maxing out, you know, the the, the volume, but uh, but but no, all good. <laughs> all right, man. Let's do this thing. Um, I, tell me a little bit about your journey. I got a little bit about your bio, but you've basically built accelerated partnerships and you've become a, a global le leader in, in affiliate and partnership marketing. Um, and I have, like I told you, I have 17 year old kids in here who've maybe never heard the word affiliate or partner marketing. Uh, what are some of the, what, what's some of the stories that, that got you here and some of the principles that kind of contributed to your success on, on your journey? Yeah, so I started Acceleration Partners about uh, 16 years ago. We used to do a lot of different stuff. I think one of my big learnings in business, I think particularly kind of, I've seen, you know, if you want to get to five or 10 million in revenue, do one thing really well, then you can focus on diversifying. I think there were times when we tried to do too many things and our growth kind of accelerated when we focused in. But uh, affiliate marketing is a is a form of online marketing. If you think traditionally, you could buy a banner ad, that's an impression. You could then buy clicks um, from the likes of Google and Facebook. Well, we help companies establish programs where the partners kind of take the risk. Uh, it's tracked and then they are paid on a percentage of everything that they sell or leads or it's called um, cost per action. So you can imagine um, it's a lot more exciting to pay, you know, for an outcome that you want to get as a business and then only pay when you get it. So as a consumer, if you've ever been on an influencer site on one of these five speakers to buy and stare, like not, people aren't doing this stuff out of the goodness of their heart. You know, they, they link to these products uh, and then they're paid um, usually a percentage of the sale or, or otherwise. And again, for the advertiser, paying for the marketing after you get your sale, it's a lot more uh, cash flow advantageous than giving Google and Facebook a ton of money and hoping that it works. Let me ask you from building it as a business. I know there's so many people out there that want to become content creators where they're selling a product or service because they want that passive income coming in. What's the 
what's the normal process like to build something that is sustainable? Um, if you want to become an affiliate or, or a, a partner in these types of things and, and you're not the one who has the business itself, right? So you're, you're doing the, the, um, the content creation for them. Yeah. You're trying to be the guy who has the links. Like what's that path? Like what's the success rate? And what do you see as far as what somebody can do to get started in that industry? It's a really good question because over the years I've been asked, I want to become an affiliate. What kind of site should I start? You know, and I, I what I always tell them, if I think about the sites and the people who have been really successful, they didn't start with the affiliate and the monetization side. They started on the content side and it was authentic and it was something they loved, whether it was makeup or grills or baby strollers, you know, they had wisdom and expertise and they wanted to share it and they got a following and they earned trust. And then from there, they were able to add the monetization. When you kind of just start with the monetization, like to do this content stuff, you got to live it and breathe it and want to do it all day. It's really hard to write a lot and do things authentically and get excited about something that you're not excited with just because you think it's a category that pays a high commission. So I, the ones that I've seen successful, they're doing something that they really like. And again, I think they built that trust and that audience. And then they focused on how do I monetize it? When you come out of the gate trying to monetize something before you've established any, any credibility, it, it can be hard. Oh, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we're really doing it for the money, but uh, you have to have that passion behind it because it's grueling at times, right? There's going to yeah. be times where you wake up and you're not going to feel like you want to do it. And yeah, I know you have it in your head. Where we're not just doing this for money. We're doing it for a shitload of money. Just ultimately what you want to do, but the work is still work. What kind of work does an affiliate marketer have to do? Yeah, I mean, again, it can be different. They have, uh, but they need to do, they need to build an audience and earn trust around a topic or topics, right? So when, a lot of times they're getting found either via social or search. Um, so obviously kind of a writing strategy would be different from a video strategy. Look, sometimes you're rewarded for the longevity. So James Clear, who's written this book, Atomic Habits, 10 million copies, Hall of Fame, you know, probably top 25 business book ever now in terms of volume. James talks about writing an article every day for seven years and no one reading these articles, right? And then it was five, six, seven years later that they indexed in search, that they got a lot more credibility, you know, that, that he was writing really good, authentic stuff, but the payoff's not for a while. Think about podcasts. I've, you know, I've gone back to you podcasts. Obviously, I have a podcast, I've gone back from my book to podcast tour, half the people are like, I'm not doing that anymore. Well, they just thought they'd kind of launch it and, you know, it might be really easy and they didn't know why they launched it. Like, it seems to reward the people who, who stay with it. I am shocked how many people have dropped their podcast, you know, after starting it in the last, you know, couple of years versus the folks who are, you know, just put out a hundred or 200 or 500 and episodes. It's, it's often like the, you know, you go like this, 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 and then the hockey stick happened one day. You can't, there's not, there's not a way to shortcut it. I'm, I'm sure that resonates with you. Oh, 100%. Your episode, uh, 1,218. 18, I, saw I that, can yeah. tell you that I, 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 I resemble that remark you just described because for a long time it was, I, I always tell people when you get started, first of all, you are not very good. Right. Like you don't know what it's like to be behind camera. You don't know like what it's like be behind a microphone. You're going to stumble, fumble all your words. All that stuff is going to happen. But and you're going to be upset because nobody's listening. But it's actually a blessing 
the fact that nobody's listening right. at that time because that's where you're developing your skills. But you're also creating content that gets indexed, like you said, on Google. It's this long tail effect. When I first started this five years ago, like I'd Google my name and maybe I'd come out with like a yellow page heading or something like that. But today it's a whole different ball game. You Google my name, it's like seven, eight pages into Google and it's all the content I've been creating for the past year over year over year. And I'm associated and linked with so many different entrepreneurs because of that content. It's building that following. And now I'm at the point where, okay, how do I leverage this type of, of growth that I've had? How do I leverage the audience, uh, the, the, the demographics of the people that I'm working with? And I think that's where all of a sudden having partnerships or having affiliates into something that I'm into because these people obviously jive with me, right? They connect with me. We speak the same language. We've, we've had uh, content together. So if, if you have somebody who's already started developing content, I'll use myself for an example. What would be some of those next steps? Yeah. Like, let's say they put well, here, in the here, Ray, Here's a super easy it. step for you. You've got this podcast. You say, I had this guest on Robert Glazer. He's written these four books, right? So you could go sign up for Amazon's affiliate link and put that behind the four books. And not only would you get paid if they bought my books today, you get paid if they bought whatever other groceries and stuff in that in that session. So there's a perfect example where an affiliate strategy can fit totally organically into what you're doing as your business. You know, if you had some content and it ranked for top things of all time or top, you know, loans to get your business started, then obviously those companies would would also be willing to, to partner with you. So sometimes, again, once the content really kind of gets in there and, and and gets a hold, you could go back and think about, okay, where could I introduce some partnership or monetization into here? I got a, I got another question. In my classroom, the kids are learning how to create landing pages and funnels, uh, how to how to basically take the content that we're creating here like this on the show and turn it into something that could be monetized. Um, and the skill set really is what I'm kind of pushing here, the ability for them to create content and then to kind yeah. of structure it so they're driving attention in a directed fashion. Um, they're 17 years old and I, and I, I know it's a struggle for them sometimes at 17 to realize when am I going to ever use this stuff or how am I going to apply this stuff? If, if you were 17 in today's market and you could start over today, what would you tell a 17 year old kid, uh, as far as the skill set that they could really use to make some real money? Yeah, I think, look, learning merchandising and marketing and affiliates really merchandising, right? What do I think that my customer who's here will like? But I Look, the best thing I could tell people is actually not to focus on the money, even at that age or maybe in the Tonys, but get around the smartest people that can teach you, whether they can teach you sales or they can teach you marketing or they can teach you this stuff so that you can kind of learn from the best. Look, it's hard to learn on yourself and your own make mistakes. There's a lot of people that have already made that mistake. So if you want to learn about that, you know, go try to find the best person you know that that, that does it and offer to offer to be helpful to them. But um, yeah, I, I think a lot about um, merchandising instead, again, what is valuable to the customer? So obviously, like you were talking about my books, then creating easy links to the books in order for someone to buy that would make a lot of sense. And then getting paid on that would sort of make a lot of sense. But, but if you focus on what's helpful and valuable to the customer, that ends up being more sustainable than what can I make money on today? Because if it's an article around, you know, the best strollers in the same way you want to see an ad about, you know, Apple cables, that's not going to make a lot of sense just because Apple cables is paying a, a high commission now. So again, thinking, thinking from the customer perspective is also, I think, never a bad way to start. You've authored uh, a multiple uh, best-selling books, uh, Elevate, Elevate Your Team. 
what are some of those central themes in those books that the key takeaways that people can can kind of grasp really quick so they can go out and want to grab these books? Yeah, so so a couple of them really talk about this concept of capacity building, which is how do we get better? What is the process of getting better? And I sort of share a framework uh, that grows across spiritual, intellectual, emotional, um, and physical capacity as sort of a way to do that. Um, but it's a lot about of improvement. It's improvement as an individual, as a leader, as a team leader. Uh, and I think organizations get better and people get better through intentionality and and. While we want to do that, sometimes we kind of need a framework, and I this to me points out kind of where where where, where you may be deficient or or needing to to focus on at any one time. You also wrote um, performance partnerships, and in that you discuss like concepts like uh, aligning marketing partners for specific business outcomes. How can you how do, how can organizations effectively implement strategies like that when they're targeting a specific business outcome? Yeah. So if you're the advertiser and you want to build a partnership program, what you do is instead of going and finding customers, you say like a customer profile, you think about a partner profile, like where are the types of peoples or types of partners where my customers would live and how could I excite them to send people to me? So again, if I'm a mattress company, I might go look for where, who are all the mattress influencers or where are the top ranking mattress review websites and i would reach out to them and say hey look you have this great content around this i want to partner with you we sell mattresses and we're willing to give you 20 percent off every mattress or ten dollars for every uh in-home trial so uh, again you're not looking for the customer you got to think about like where am i where where do my customers hang out and how can i partner with that person to use their audience to get to my potential customer and sometimes those partnerships don't necessarily have to be separate from each other. You can literally work with these companies, use each other's products, create offers together that really yeah. drive value to these types of clients, right? Yeah. So imagine a ticket company and a travel company working together. So a travel company, you know, booked the flight to Seattle. Boom. I'm going to show tickets for concerts in, you know, Seattle. Similarly, but, you know, someone out of town, you know, in Boston buys a ticket to uh, a, a, a show in Seattle, um, they might have a deal set up where, hey, let's show flights to Seattle. Because clearly, you you know, we saw in your credit card, you're in Boston, but you fought, found a flight in Seattle. So, uh, again, I think brands can partner reciprocally in some cases. You know, they in that case, they both have something to sell. But a lot of the world, they're just people who create content and get customers. They don't have anything to sell. And then there's people who sell and a product. But in fact, customers these days tend to trust the brand is not as much about talking about themselves as other people talking about the brand. So let's speaking of the brand, uh, you have your Elevate podcast and it's it's gained significant uh, popularity. What are some of those memorable insights or conversations that you had on the show that kind of resonated with people and helped you grow that audience? Yeah, I've had a couple good ones. Uh, actually, one of my favorite ones that that's launching this week is um, I was able to spend an hour talking to uh, Amanda Knox. Um, if you remember her, her case of being 20 years old and convicted for murder as an exchange student and then eventually exonerated. And I actually heard her speak at a private event and was really compelled by what she talked about, which was very different from a lot of the headline and news media. So kind of sought her out and replayed that conversation. Um, I, I really like the people who talking to people who are who want to change their minds. 
who they're 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 critical thinkers. They I've had a couple people on the show talk about love having their mind changed. That seems so opposite from where we live in the world today, where everyone's like, "How can I find things that confirm what I already know?" And also like just confirm what, you know, I, or, or confirm what I, uh, you know, I believe on the other side versus what, what I love about kind of critical thinkers. People want to get better is they, they, they want to talk to different people. They want to hear different perspectives. They, they, they like when someone changes their mind or their perspective. So I like to kind of bring that dialogue to the audience. Oh, that's for sure. I, I think it, the problem is it, today there's so much information on the internet that you could Google what you're looking for and find the answer no matter what side you're looking at. If so you want to prove having, it, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can prove it and find the answer. Exactly. That's why I think it's so important that you talk to so many different people and get so many different perspectives because you've got to, at the end of the day, come up with whatever decision you want to make or idea that you want to have. And it only comes at the end of doing some of that due diligence. And you're going to find some people have some really crazy ideas, but some of that might have some truths and you're going to have some people that are just way off and you're going to be like, nah, none of that connects with me. I don't see any connection, but you're taking bits and pieces of everything to kind of develop your own idea. For me, interviewing people on a podcast has allowed me to see so many different perspectives on many different aspects when it comes to business, everything from startup individuals to people who've had major exits and kind of piece together uh, throughout that time as an education on, on like what position or what way I want to go. How's, what's your experience been like as you interviewed a bunch of different people? Yeah, I, th I think you should talk to people who you don't necessarily agree with their perspective and you should really mm -hmm. listen. And look, maybe five or 10% of what they say changes your mind. You don't have to, but, but listen, there, there's a notion called, this is in the Amanda Knox. And uh, if you're really listening, it's called the steel man where I should be able to repeat back your, opinion on something in a way that you would agree with and be like, yes, you get me and you understand so that <clears throat> you're really sure that you're, you're listening to it. Like I, 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 I've listened to some very kind of opposite beliefs of mine recently. And, and, and while I haven't totally changed my opinion, it, it's been altered. I think even again, five or 10% of something that someone said, I said, well, you know, they actually have some proof there that 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 what's being said is is different than than something I think, and so then it's driven me to kind of dig into that some more. So, like I said, if you're looking to go out there and just find confirming evidence, um, the story of the Man and Knox trial was uh, they they kind of very early on just started um, like kind of latched onto her, and 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 as evidence came in, particularly all this DNA evidence that implicated another person. They kind of didn't want to go off their initial hunch and 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 fabricated these crazy theories that that didn't have any data because they aligned with their earliest hunch rather than saying this new information's coming in and this DNA is a totally different dude who's a criminal so maybe we should and he's lied to us five times so maybe we should look at him. Isn't it funny though that that. Um, I guess it's that bias where like, I don't want to be wrong. I've, I've already like, I'm all in on this one already. I've already spent a lot of time here. Uh, I, how am I going to just justify, I guess, to everybody right. else when I change my mind? And, and you're right. I think we're in a culture today where it's like, prove it to me. Show me some of the evidence. Uh, I, I've seen some crazy stuff. I, I've seen some flat earth type of commentary and I'm like, okay, yeah. well, some of that kind of has some points. Right. And then I've seen some, uh, you know, Hawaii stuff and I'm like, well, okay, some of that has some points. Now, I don't know if I believe it all the way, but to, to even kind of think about like, okay, where is this justification coming from? I think it, it makes a huge difference. And I think it's also 
good just to talk to humans and realize that just because we're on one side or the other doesn't make us enemies. It actually makes us more focused on on really what we want to do as as a whole here. Like, and I want to kind of come back to to the affiliate stuff as things are changing. As things are evolving, we have AI coming out, uh, helping us make content at scale. Businesses are evolving like crazy, going from uh, having cashiers at the store to like everybody yep. does self-checkout to people who don't even go to stores anymore, to be honest. Like most stuff gets delivered to the house. What should we be looking at when we're partnering or looking to become an affiliate marketer as we see a lot of these trends changing? Yeah, again, people get very focused on a trend we're going to create a ton of content that no one reads. We're going to do a lot of things for the, a lot of sales emails that, that look really pretty, but like over pitch people with AI, like focus on creating value and the customer value and tools to do that. Again, creating a lot of link bait, catchy stories and a thousand emails that aren't really personal using AI to send well-written emails to people that have very low propensity to buy your product or where it's annoying them doesn't make it any better. Um, so I, again, I think we need to keep the eyes on the prize. The one thing that will never change is have a product or a service. And sometimes that's content or information that people value, focus on the customer experience and what the customer is telling you. And that has stayed true since the beginning of time. I think when a new technology comes out, people tend to kind of jump in and, and become maximalists around something and they lose sight of like, are we trying to like, what are we creating that people actually want? Um, so so I, I think just like the internet and, and, and mobile and blockchain and all these things, like there's going to be some innovation and then the dust is also going to settle. Uh, and, and, and I think some tried into principles will win out. Yeah. And, and, and let me ask you this because I, I feel like in today's society, for example, I know in my household, we were spending like $600 a month in groceries uh, prior to COVID. And today it's like over a thousand, like it, it, yeah. the inflation has gone dramatic. Uh, and as a, is on the one side, when you're talking about partnering and affiliate marketing, it's a great way to have this additional revenue source to kind of substantiate or, or like substitute in for some of that money that you're lacking on a month to month. And I think it's a great way to start building that side business on the other side. Inflation also increases the sale of each individual product that you're selling, right? So that's kind of a, a, a benefit to being one of these affiliate marketers. Since you're earning commission, the sales of the products are on a higher end. You're yeah. earning a little bit more money. How do you feel about kind of that, that, uh, that, that dynamic between building a business to kind of help substantiate some of this income and then on the flip side, making money on that uh, higher end sales? Yeah, look, we're seeing we're seeing people's numbers. I, I think, particularly in a lot of industries and, and in Europe, where they're better because of inflation. The problem is the unit volume isn't really up or otherwise. So yes, there's a benefit uh, from inflation, but but they're also not producing a lot more, or the growth is a little bit of a, a, a misnomer. So again, mm-hmm. but to your example, like, hey, you're groceries have gone up. So you're probably acutely focused on how you can save money for groceries. What's out there? Is there cash back? Is there stuff that can help with your family? Like that all creates new opportunities where people can help, you know, solve. And maybe it's a site around the best deals or the best grocery delivery or, you know, way to get it shipped to your door. So, I mean, that's a, that's a problem that a lot of people are trying to solve. And I think there's some creative publishers out there who, um, you know, who could help create opportunities for brands in that space. Robert, you've uh, shared a lot of great information today. I want to make sure uh, people want to get a hold of you. They want to work with you. They want to get a copy of your book. How can they do that? 
Yeah, they can reach out at robertglazer.com. Uh, there's got info on there, free chapters, stuff um, can reach out. Um, so always easy to get in touch with me. I, I, I respond to any real and relevant outreach. Uh, I always tell people. Perfect, man. And then uh, a little bit of a, a of a seventeen year old question here. If if you could give some words of wisdom to to my classroom here as they get ready to graduate high school, any pearls of wisdom you would share with them? Yeah, like like I said before, I think fo fo focus on you all have something a spark or something that's really interesting to you, right? So so despite what the education system tries to tell you, you got to be great at everything. I, I think the people who really excel in the world dive into the thing that they love. So spend time in the area that excites you, that the thing you'd want to play around with late in the night. As I said before, find a mentor, find a company, find someone where you can just learn. It's great to earn and we all need to, we all need to earn. But like at that point, you just want to be in like learn mode. You want to take in as much as you can take in because that's what's going to be the difference later on as you start to kind of rise up and take more senior roles. You're absolutely right. Again, you got to love what you're doing. Otherwise, it's going to fizzle out. You're going to get burnt out. And that's why most businesses end up failing. Really, it's not the skill set of the entrepreneur. It's just you get burnt out because it's it does take a lot of work to kind of build this stuff. So, uh, Robert, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you for the pearls of wisdom here. I got one last question, man. You're a podcaster. You're in the digital marketing space. Uh, what was your experience like creating content with the Business Bros? Uh, it was very easy. Um, this, was, this was good. It was fun. Creates value, I hope. So it checks, checks all those boxes. Perfect, my brother. Thank you very much. All right, ladies all right. and gentlemen, one more time, robertglazer.com, robertglazer.com. Make sure you grab a copy of some of his books. He's got a couple different ones that can help you take your business to that next level. And thank you very much for being on the program today. We'll catch you guys again on the next one. Peace. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast, podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.